Hi everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we are speaking with Jason Field virtually. He is the founder and CEO of BrainStation. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure and I I appreciate you including myself and BrainStation uh, into the podcast. We're definitely happy to. So to give uh, the listeners some context, what is BrainStation? So BrainStation uh, is a learning organization. Uh, We teach digital skills, uh, very cutting edge content with industry practitioners. um, And we really focus on outcomes in regards to getting working professionals into the digital field uh, across software development, data science, product management, digital marketing, uh, the list goes on. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what made you decide to kind of pursue uh, like an education channel outside of like the the standard university or, or what have you? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the, the time was right for the skills that clearly were being um, introduced into the workforce. So digital skills in particular uh, and traditional universities and, and colleges even aren't aren't fast enough, quite frankly, to keep up with those changes in the economy. So the more traditional providers play their part, uh, which is you know, deep learning, uh, longer form uh, commitments within school, four years, two years uh, sort of thing and creating citizens of the world. Uh, We typically are working with working professionals that already have a degree or a diploma uh, and we help them accelerate uh, with the skills exactly that they need. Um, So so more of like a hands-on project-based sort of focus, which uh, again, upon inception of BrainStation, we just didn't see in the ecosystem that had been created before we entered into it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know back um, when you guys started, like in 2012, there weren't a lot of courses for digital marketing and development and other things like that that you could take, even as continuing ed uh, options. Which uh, kind of digital skills have you seen grow the most since you started BrainStation? Yeah, there, there was definitely a big focus in the early days on uh, software development. So front or back end uh, software development, web development, engineering, those are the sort of terms that you would have seen and continue to see. And there's huge growth in that category. Um, we, we've since grown our, our discipline to encompass the entirety of the digital product lifecycle. Um, so as, as I mentioned, you know, web development is one, uh, design, uh, marketing, data, and product. Those are kind of like the disciplines that we oversee. Uh, the greatest growth and kind of our most successful options for learning, uh, data, in particular comes to mind um, because I think it spans across every component of running a business in a way that some of our other disciplines do not. Um, we see very senior people coming in. The, you know, the average learner that we see come through BrainStation uh, is now 32. A lot of managers, directors, some vice presidents even um, kind of as an outlier, uh, especially in data, a lot more senior. I would say that that probably skews closer to like 35 to 38 um, and then user experience design has been, you know, uh, amazing to watch grow as well. And I think since starting in 2012, the advancement that we've seen in terms of creating learning products uh, to help solve this talent and skills gap has been really awesome. But on top of that, being able to watch the economy change and new roles come up that only BrainStation is prepared to create those learning experiences for. Yeah, that's really interesting. I remember a while back, BrainStation was one of the few ones to actually have React uh, and React Native uh, courses, and now they're, they're it's everywhere. It's one of the most popular frameworks. Uh, where, what kind of um, technology or what what kind of skills do you see being really important in the next five years? 
Yeah, and, and I think this is where you know I, I have a point of view which is guided through our industry expert instructors. We have over 400 industry experts uh, that contribute to our content and teach in our classrooms, both online and on campus. And those instructors represent brands like Facebook and Amazon and IBM, etc. So the cool thing is, you know, my point of view is guided from all of these top technology companies. Um, and what I'm hearing and, and what I'm seeing in terms of the demand uh, helps me to answer that question. I, I would say that you know, data analysis uh, and included, including you know, data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, understanding how to program with Python, these are categories that we continue to see immense growth in, and we don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Uh, I think as more, more members of the economy, more professionals become aware of the power that comes from digital, uh, I, I see product management. Uh, it, it's already a very popular offering for us. I, I see that really taking off because that's one where you don't necessarily need a digital background. Uh, if you're you know, a, a successful person or professional in business, uh, you're good with people, you're a good communicator, um, you can fill in those gaps. So I think product management is another one where I see a whole lot of growth as more generalists become aware and therefore you know, search for some of these learning experiences to develop those skills to now move from a more traditional role into a digital focused product management sort of role. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, so, of course, you have your physical location where you hosted a lot of classes. Can you talk about how in COVID you've switched into kind of a digital format? Yeah, it's it's been, uh, you know, a very uh, interesting experience, uh, one that you can't prepare for uh, and one that you don't necessarily expect. But thankfully, being at kind of the forefront of learning had us invest in our online capabilities three years ago. Uh, we built out a custom uh, and proprietary learning management system or platform, uh, you know, student portal, uh, if you will, it's called Synapse. So that kind of put into place everything that we needed with our uh, with our own proprietary content and activities and quizzes, etc. And then incorporating video conferencing and chat and stuff like that also was part of this journey three-ish years ago, maybe two and a half to three years ago. So when the pandemic hit, we were able to, well, first off, when the pandemic hit, our student body was half learning online by choice and half learning on campus by choice. So our, our kind of like business from a revenue perspective and a customer perspective was actually half and half versus those that didn't have an online option, were only physically based, et cetera. So we were already in a pretty good position. And then shifting the other 50% that wanted on-campus learning to online uh, you know, it was definitely an interesting couple of weeks, but the feedback was extremely positive. Our instructors are digitally savvy, capable individuals. Even our, our learners uh, are, are digitally savvy and aware. So they made the shift quite easily. And there was a small percentage that said, I really want this on-campus experience. So I'm going to press pause and wait until the pandemic passes. So uh, I think we were able to approach it pretty well and, and you know, make moves in stride. Uh, and we've actually come out of it a lot stronger where our online specific product marketing pages in the first three weeks of the shutdown globally uh, received a 350% organic traffic jump. So not only were we prepared for those that already were coming to BrainStation, aware of BrainStation, but I think we actually picked up a ton of uh, traction that we wouldn't have organically with a lot of professionals now shifting gears and looking for an alternate alternative option to their kind of on-campus experience that would have been done elsewhere. And I think that 
another element to this is is we have you know physical experiences that we we've delivered in our campuses in New York, Toronto, Vancouver, London, England. So there's the difference in each geography as well, where certain geographies and markets were were definitely hit harder um, and still, you know, are, are feeling the impacts in a way that some of the other markets aren't. So it was it was like a multi-phase, multi-geography sort of approach. But ultimately, thank goodness for our team's investment earlier than the pandemic hit into the online solution. Well, that's really great to hear. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, and you, you said earlier how you're at over 400 instructors now. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how you hire uh, when you have so many employees and, and how do you also maintain a company culture when you it's, it becomes impossible to personally know everyone? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's been a, an amazing portion of my journey personally as, as a founder, uh, CEO. Uh, it, it's kind of setting into place the infrastructure and the DNA within your core team to grow at scale. Um, and I think now, you know, with, with our managers of learning experience, that's the role that would go to market and hire our instructors. Uh, the DNA is fantastic and they're making all of the right decisions. Uh, they're resourcing the exact same way that if I was personally doing it, I would be looking, you know, for these sort of signals that this person's going to be an exceptional instructor. Not only, you know, are they an amazing software architect, but they've been a mentor, they're passionate about learning and education. So we have a hiring process uh, with almost like a rubric that touches into some of the core elements of uh, what what empowers us to make hiring decisions, uh, knowing that they're the right fit to represent the brand in the classroom. Because ultimately, uh, whether it's the online instructor-led classroom or the physical on-campus instructor-led classroom, uh, I, I'm not interacting with our, our, our students anymore. Um, it, it's our instructors. So uh, the important thing is that the instructors are on brands. They go through our uh, internal instructor process and, and kind of like learning experience and certification process uh, before they're interacting with our, our students. Um, but, but I think it's this theme of creating scalable uh, infrastructure so that you can make hires uh, as, as the business grows, which is what we've seen. And then the profiles of these individuals in particular, just to share, uh, they actually work full-time jobs, um, especially for our part-time learning options, our certificate courses. They work full-time, like I mentioned, at the Amazons or the Shopify's or the Facebook's. So uh, they're, they're picking up a, an evening class and they're teaching that for 10 weeks on Tuesdays, for example. So um, very different than hiring full-time salary employees that are kind of on this journey and this mission with us for a, a longer period. Yeah, that's really interesting. And if, if there are any listeners out there who are like technical people who like to offer their time part-time and, and instruct students, uh, what could they do to, to be, uh, become a part of BrainStation? Yeah, great question. And we're always looking for uh, passionate mentors and teachers uh, representing the industry to deliver content and also help us upgrade our content. Um, they can check us out, brainstation.io. Uh, there is a page focused on become an instructor. I believe it's in, in the footer if you scroll down on the website. And you, go, you can go to that page, learn a little bit more about what the relationship looks like, and there's an intake form there. Uh, another amazing channel or avenue to better understand what BrainStation does, um, we have free community events that we're running uh, online, obviously, uh, given we're still in this kind of COVID world, uh, where we have, at this point, like three to 4,000 people tuning in to learn from thought leaders. So if you're interested in being an instructor in the classroom, joining one of those community events is an amazing opportunity just to see the magic behind the scenes. Um, so I'd highly advise that uh, just to see what we're about. 
That's great. And can you talk a bit about how you chose the cities you did to launch BrainStation in? Yeah, Toronto by default. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be born and raised in the greater Toronto area uh, and go to school kind of in that vicinity. So uh, upon completion of, of my university degree, uh, my, my friends and, and peers, uh, a lot of us moved into the city. Um, I actually took off travel for a little while, but coming back into Toronto, it was the natural uh, starting point for us. And then on top of that, you know, Toronto is an amazing city, um, but Toronto at that point wasn't necessarily on this clear trajectory that it is and has been for probably the last like four to five years in particular, if I look back, uh, where it, it totally is just uh, in my mind, having now actually operating a bunch of these cities, it's the fastest growing uh, it's it's the city of the future. It gets me very excited. Um, so Toronto was a given. Vancouver uh, on the West Coast provide us capabilities, um, you know, more or less coast to coast. And then especially with our online instructor-led delivery, now we can deliver from the Pacific to the Atlantic. Um, and those that are, you know, across Canada and the U.S. from various states and provinces uh, can tune in um, and have a learning experience that's catered to them within their day-to-day in their time zone. Um, so that was really helpful. Uh, New York, where I'm based out of now, um, was you know, inevitable in terms of the size and scale of the city itself. Also, a lot of the top tier technical people on a U.S. and a global basis operate out of New York. So it just greatly allows us to grow our instructor base and therefore our content creators and our co-authors of our curriculum. Um, and then London, uh, definitely locating there and, and having uh, a studio spun up for our online offerings allows us to deliver more in a more accessible way to uh, Europe uh, and, and the rest of the world. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the early days of BrainStation? What was it like to get your very first uh, teachers and your very first learners? How was that like? What was that process like? Yeah, they, they definitely were challenging times, but I look back on them very fondly. Uh, probably my favorite period of, of overseeing BrainStation for the past you know, seven and a half to eight years. Um, the first instructors that we brought on, we really approached it with this uh, customer-centered design approach or student-centered design. So uh, we kind of took the lens of who would we want to learn from? And, and also when uh, our team started BrainStation, I was 23. So uh, I'm 23, looking to create a, a better uh, opportunity for myself and other people to learn digital skills from various backgrounds. So I was able to put on the hat of the students myself, represent them in the hiring process, and just ask the question, who is the most capable person in this discipline, in this market, and let's go out and get that person, right? And if if we create a list of 10 and reach out to all 10, I think we're going to have someone that's interested in what we're about. And sure enough, you know, the, the response rates were 100%. And then the commitment rate was like 85 to 95% from people that wanted to get involved and wanted to give back and actually all had the same point of view, which is, this sounds awesome. And, and BrainStation is very different now than it was. So we're really pitching them the vision with a pretty hacked together website, logo, brand, etc. Um, so by pitching that vision, we were able to get them excited and onboarded. And they all had this kind of point of view, which was, if only this existed when I was learning, because they had to go in and teach themselves, because again, there was no traditional option to help them gear up for the role that they were currently in. So there was a lot more excitement than we would have initially have thought. So it actually made it quite easy. And I think just the space of, of learning is such a pillar in society that 
it's kind of hard not to get excited around being involved. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. Um, how did you go about actually building like the physical campus, uh, the first one you had in Toronto? Yeah, so the first campus that we had, we actually had four. Uh, we didn't have our own physical space. We operated out of other spaces, uh, so we didn't have to worry about the overhead associated with utilities and desks and this and that. So it was pretty bare bones and minimalist, but it provided us with the opportunity to test our our minimum viable product of, do we have something here? Are there a lot of non-technical individuals in this city that want to learn digital skills and they're aware of the benefits of that? And the flex campus model where we operated out of kind of like incubators, accelerators, sponsored spaces, co-working spaces all over the city uh, allowed, allowed us to interact with our students and our instructors uh, in, a, in a really amazing way. We were always there when classes were kick, kicking off. We were front and center in the classroom. We were altering the actual physical uh, you know, space itself, different classroom styles, learning styles, etc. So it kind of put us right in there with the students themselves. Um, but we didn't have our own physical campus until a little bit later, uh, which, which you know, if you guys are, are based in Toronto, maybe you're familiar with at the corner of King and Spadina, uh, we, we launched that flagship Toronto campus, which is uh, a late 1800s uh, heritage building in the city. So really beautiful. We took the, the whole thing over and also incorporated a coffee brand into the mix at the retail level that now exists in all of our campuses globally called Quantum. Um, so that came a little bit later. Um, and it was really this the same approach that you would use to building digital products where you don't go and start laying bricks for your campus. You actually take a minimal approach and operate uh, kind of in the shadows and test your model first, ensure that you have you know enough potential customers. And then as you start to build up that brand, that mailing list, uh, that trajectory of testimonials, et cetera, you've now earned the ability to go in and find that optimal space, which is what we've done. Yeah, it's a smart way to go about it. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, so for my last question, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Yeah, uh, so before BrainStation... Uh, I actually was backpacking uh, Asia and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, so for over a year, I was backpacking, living abroad, um, and you know, worked for a couple different brands. But, but ultimately, was taking uh, a step away from uh, you know the bubble that I, I had been born and raised and educated in, um, experiencing different cultures, meeting people from various backgrounds, and definitely that has led to. Uh, BrainStation being created uh, in the way that we've approached building BrainStation. So that isn't clearly on my LinkedIn. And and that's definitely for those that are listening and thinking about creating an entrepreneurial path for yourself. uh, I would highly suggest uh, booking some time off and and doing a bit of traveling um, because it definitely will contribute to the way that you approach building a business. Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It was really great getting to speak to you and learn more about uh, BrainStation's inception and just seeing it grow uh, and obviously the great location on King and Spadina. Um, so congrats on all of that. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and again, appreciate you including myself and BrainStation uh, in the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time.